What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Um, man, oh man, what a what a week it's been. Uh, so many things have happened in the NBA in the past week since we last recorded, Jacob. Um, it, it's amazing, um, especially at this time of the year. Uh, you had, you know, the Mavs moving on from their GM and their head coach, the trade for Kimball Walker to OKC for Al Horford, uh, the first move of Brad Stevens, I guess, GM realm in Boston. Um, you had the draft ladder going down. You have the con- conference finals. We have a ton to talk about today, so we're not even going to go into questions today. We're going to get right into it today, right into the thick of it, um, you know, into the thick of it, you know, the TikTok trend that's going on right now. We're getting into the thick of it today, starting off with the draft lottery. Not much that we can really discuss in the draft lottery besides the fact of kind of the odds are and, and, you know, potential. We'll look at some of the top uh, the top draft picks this year, but just real fast to go over the lottery from 14 and up. We've got the Warriors, the Pacers, then the Spurs, Hornets, Pelicans, Kings, Bulls, Raptors, Timberwolves, Cavs. Thunder, Magic, Pistons, and the Rockets hold the highest odds in the draft this year. Um, so I guess looking at the top, let's just say everything falls in, which you know it normally doesn't. But let's just say everything falls into the way it's supposed to be. If Rockets get the first overall selection. Who do you think they're taking this year? Um, at this point, you know we haven't seen any combine stuff or anything, but just the way he dominated. Pretty much all college basketball, just size, athletic ability, floor vision. I think the answer's got to be Kate Cunningham. I don't think it matters what team needed what at the number one pick. I think um, this year he is the surefire number one pick. Um, I just don't see any guys that can change a franchise quicker than that guy. Uh, the Rockets definitely need someone to change their franchise around from how much of a drastic turnaround they have been and how good they've been to how bad they were this year. I think that's about the only guy that can do that in this draft. There's other good guys like Evan Mobley, um, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, a few of those guys. But um, I think Kate Cunningham is, you know, just the best overall option to change a franchise. Yeah, I think I think um, it's going to be tough for anyone to go over him. I think all the teams at need, you know, uh, all the, the Rockets, Pistons, Magic, Thunder, Cavs, Pretty much every team um, needs someone like Cade Cunningham or could use someone like Cade Cunningham to kind of take over the organization um, and, and kind of push them forward. But I think this draft is going to be very deep, man. I, I love the prospects in there. You know, you mentioned Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs. But even further, you got guys like Donovan Mitchell, who just tore it up this year. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Kumon, I don't know how to say his last name, um, but he's like a he's like an, he'll be a 19 year old um rookie this year and he played with the G League uh, in night team with Jalen Green so he's going to be really good too there's a ton of great talent in this draft and always there's going to be guys that get drafted in the second round that um, you know are super good uh, and, and help their team but um, Moses Moody from Arkansas like this draft is going to be very deep and uh, so I'm very excited about this year's draft um, I'm also very excited about the Pacers having potentially a, a, the 13th overall selection which um, you know I don't know who we're going to take, but hopefully hopefully we get a couple picks higher. But I will say the 13th overall selection, I believe, in years past is, has been a very good player. I believe Giannis was selected 13th overall. I believe Kawhi was selected, I want to say, it was 13th overall. Um, and I think Paul George as well was selected 13th overall. So I'm, I'm cool having that 13th overall pick. They've been, they've, 
one of them worked out for us in the long run, I guess you can say Paul George, but not really, but we did go to two back-to-back conference finals. So I'm, I'm chill staying there as long as we get some good value and someone that I, I kind of believe in right now, but obviously, you know, time will only tell on those. So um, now with the draft lottery, um, you know, you guys lucked out and got Luca after a trade, but you know, you had a top three pick. How high are your hopes, um, you know, as a team that's in the lottery that, you know, potential may say you're like the fourth overall pick, you know, and you get a second overall pick, like how, how high are your hopes going into the draft? Um, I think anything outside of the top five, your hope shouldn't be too high, too high to like find a, you know, surefire superstar. I think anything within top five picks, um, you're going to be in a really good spot to land a really, really, really good player most of the time. Yeah. Every now and then there's a like bust or two with like Hashim to or Greg Oden. You can never prevent injuries or see what guys are going to um, come down to being players in the NBA. But I think a top five pick is safe to say that you're going to get someone who's either going to be a superstar or at least, you know, just a perennial, you know, really good role player, really good starter for a decade or 15 years. Yeah. Well, um, you know, hopefully this draft class becomes uh, one of the ones that we talk about for the future, just like the 2018 draft class. And so many draft classes in the past couple of years, we don't want them to be like one of those draft classes that, um, you know, Anthony Bennett's year, that's terrible. So uh, looking forward to the draft though. Uh, the, today was Tuesday. We were recording this on a Tuesday. Tonight is the draft lottery. So um, all the, the draft order will be set after tonight besides the, the playoff teams, or so I guess besides the final four teams, that'll be officially set once the playoffs is done. But um, after tonight, we'll know majority of at least the first round and, and, and probably most of the second round as well. So looking forward to it. Um, and when draft comes around, we'll, we'll, we'll start giving more analysis on um, certain teams and, and we'll do a mock draft as well, just like we did for NFL as well. Um, but moving on, like I mentioned, we're going to go ahead and talk about this Dallas Mavericks organization because they no longer have Donnie Nelson. And Donnie Nelson has been in the Mavericks organization for, what, 20-plus years now? 20 years. I think it's 18. Okay, so so about 18 years now, he's won a championship there. He, he's the one who drafted Dirk. Um, he's the one who you know brought in Luka and, and a bunch of other players along uh, the career of the Mavs. They move on from him, and also um, Rick Carlisle resigned. Your initial thoughts after hearing the news about both of them leaving? Um, as much as I love both of those guys, as a diehard Mavericks fan, you have to give them credit for being good for so long and mm-hmm. making so many playoffs, so many 51 seasons, bringing home a title to Dallas. Um, it's just it's time, though. They haven't really done anything the past five or six years. They got Luka. Um, they've had a chance to build around him. They haven't been successful getting the right players. Um, they haven't, you know, had the right coaching sometimes in certain situations. I just think it's time. I respect the hell out of those guys for what they've done for Dallas. Um, I think it's time, and I think it's time for a good refresh. You have, a, you know, one of the top, you know, five, six, seven players in the NBA to build around. Um, he's 22 years old. He's young. I think it's time for, like, a fresh start with a fresh superstar on your team. I just – think that's what they need at this point in time gotcha um now i heard reports um, <laughs> and rick didn't get fired but he stepped down so he went into mark cuban's office and and decided he was no longer wanted to coach for the mavericks donnie nelson and the organization split ways that's i think it's a nice way of saying he got fired um but i heard initial i heard uh, reports that um 
Rick did it because of his tension that was growing between him and Luca. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I saw that too. And I'm not really sure how to take that. If that's press just trying to, you know, make stories out of nothing, or if there was, um, I could possibly see that there was a little bit of tension there. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. Luca wanted to do things a certain way on the court because of his dominance and being able to take over a game. Uh, Rick trying to, you know, implement his, you know, unique and very good offensive style and the way he coaches. So I'm sure that probably caused some tension, but if there was any, I doubt it's as great as the media made it out to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, I, um, me and Gage had this conversation, I believe on our football podcast. Um, we were talking about the, the chances of Rick not returning and him getting fired just because of the team's not success. I thought they were going to give him at least one more year. Um, but I could, you could definitely kind of tell that, this is the different NBA than what Rick taught or Rick coached when he was originally with the Mavericks, when they won their championship and when they were, I would almost say more successful in the past because they, they were more team oriented where now they're more Luca oriented. So um, I, I could definitely see how they butted heads and, and maybe that's why um, Rick stepped down, but I believe he's going to go to an organization. Um, if the Milwaukee Bucks don't win the championship this year, I fully believe them to potentially drop Budenholzer and take Rick because I think Rick would make them instant instant uh, NBA finals or NBA ch- uh, champions um, just I think he's a little bit better than Budenholzer but um, I fully expect him to be on a team next year hell come to the Pacers my guy come come home come back to the Pacers um, so we'll, we'll see but it'll be interesting to see where he goes next I think he's going to win no matter where he goes he's, he's, so. yeah, he's only going to go to an organization with a chance of winning. He might even step on as like the head assistant somewhere, but he, you know, that he may go to Indiana, but I, I think he would rather go to a place like Milwaukee or maybe even uh, Portland where they have a deep, better chance of being super successful to make the finals. For sure. And speaking of Portland, actually, um, there's reports that uh, they brought back two people they initially interviewed, one of them, Chauncey Billups, the other one, Becky Hamill, though. I think that's how you say her last name. Mm-hmm. Hammond. Yeah, um, they they they're bringing her back for a second interview, which that is awesome to hear. Um, it'd be because she's she's a great player um, and she's done great things with that organization in San Antonio. Um, but it'd be cool to see her have her own team. And I think Portland would be a cool team to, for her to kind of take over because you've got established stars like Luke or not Luca, uh, like Dame and CJ. So it'd be really cool to see that happen. Um, and then in other news, um, a, a big trade happened. I, I guess you can call it a big trade. It's not really, but uh, but Brad. So Danny Ainge stepped down as the GM, and Brad Stevens in a surprising move. He left. He's not a head coach anymore. He's now that the GM for the Boston Celtics. In his first move, he sends uh, Kimball Walker to OKC with the, with their first round pick this year, um, and, and I think like a second round pick in the future for Al Horford, who originally was on Boston a, a while ago. Um, and some picks so um kind of a surprising move in my eyes I mean I know Kimba wasn't happy there but he goes to Oklahoma City where um you've had guys like Chris Paul be successful there and then move on to somewhere like Phoenix Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess you can call Al Horford successful because now he's on a team that's you know somewhat of a contender so hopefully Kimba kind of rekindles his career and goes OKC balls out and then gets to go play for a team and win a championship yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic of Al Horford going back to Boston after he left in a weird way to go to rival Philly. Mm-hmm. He's come back to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being older, more mature. And then, you know, 
like you said, going in this essentially refresh or restart of a career in OKC for these players just to be turned into draft picks, but then maybe go somewhere and do something about it. So um, it'll be very unique. Um, I think OKC has top three, top 16 picks, I think, at the moment. Kimbo can, you know, lead a group of young players for a year or two and then, you know, kind of dip out for another trade that OKC, I'm sure, will wind up doing. Uh, honestly, the the GM for um, the the uh, Thunder is, is a mastermind. I mean, I understand, like, one, like, you know, the more more youth you have, it might be tough to win. But, you know, he, he, ha- he has been doing a great job of bringing in young picks um, and, and really re- like we said, revamping someone's career to turn them into picks. Because Al Horford, I think when he first came to OKC, everyone was like, this dude is washed. He's not that good. And again, Al Horford didn't have like a phenomenal year, but he showed that he's a good leader. He shows that he plays well. Um, And so, you know, it'll be interesting. And hopefully these picks turn out to be good because if they just continue to be sucky picks, then it's going to suck. But if I'm an OKC Thunder fan, like I'm I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, you have to get a good six years though. (laughs) it's gonna be a long time you know and we're not gonna call the process 2.0 but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a a long time before they're actually competing but if some of these picks turn into a guy like Cade or you know some of the guys in the future that are really good that I just don't know yet because you know I don't watch high school basketball like that but uh if, if these guys can turn into something great then then it'll be really good and also shout out James Jones um he won executive of the year uh, I think he's been the Suns executive now for like three years, I believe, maybe four years. Um, he's been there for, for a little bit of time, um, and he's completely rekindled this, this roster. He brought in guys, made the right moves, made the right draft picks, even though he got ripped up for his draft picks, a.k.a. Cameron Johnson, I think is his name for the yeah. UNC guy. You know, he got ripped up for that pick, and it's turned out pretty well. He brought on Monty Williams, brought on CP3 this year. And, you know, obviously the Phoenix Suns are in the conference finals right now. Uh, and we'll talk about them in a second. But shout out to him because he's he's a baller. You know, he's a win- he was a winner in Miami, won uh, a couple. I think he won three rings with Miami. And all he did was stand in a corner and shoot threes. And now he's out in Phoenix making big baller moves. So shout out to him for winning executive of the year. Uh, and then that leads us right into the All-NBA teams were officially announced, as well as the All-Rookie teams. So we'll, we'll look at both, but let's look at the All-NBA teams first. So first team All-NBA was Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikolai Jokic. Your thoughts on this first team All-NBA? Um, <clears throat> I honestly don't. I, there's nothing wrong with the first team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have your MVP on there. You have Steph, who was in conversation for it. Giannis, of course, he was unanimous vote. Um, Kawhi Leonard was a hell of a player this year and um, probably honestly went under the radar compared to some of these other fours, but played more games than a lot of these guys who were hurt, like LeBron or Jimmy Butler, Paul George. So he's deserving. Luca's pretty deserving of the numbers he put up, bringing them back into fifth place. You can argue for Damian Lillard instead of Luca, but. I mean, either way you would have gone, you would have been, they made the okay decision. Yep. yep. I mean, I, you know, I have nothing wrong with this. Kawhi is the only one, and like you said, the only one in question just because of his health. But I don't really think there's a forward underneath him that you can put above him. You know, um, LeBron didn't play just as much as Kawhi, 
Um, I think Kawhi was a little bit more effective than LeBron when he did play, obviously. And Julius Randle, you're not going to put him just because, you know, he plays for the Knicks. He can't do that yet. Knicks had a great season, but not yet. They're not first team all yet. Um, So, yeah, first team, I don't think you can really change. Second team is also phenomenal, guys, and I think they're all deserving. I just don't think they're all deserving of that first team besides Embiid and maybe Chris Paul as well just because of what he did with Phoenix. But you can't put him over Steph and Lucas, so – but yeah. that one is Randall, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dame Lillard, and Joel Embiid. Again, I think all deserving of second team. And then third team, there's a couple head scratchers for me. Um, you've got Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, mainly it's Jimmy Butler and Paul George for me. And Kyrie yeah. Irving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Honestly, I can even say like Rudy Gobert. I know he won Defense Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just tired of like he doesn't do shit on offense. <laughs> like, honestly, like yeah, he brings a ton of value and like ton of chemistry to that team. Mm-hmm. But is it really deserving of like you know a third team All NBA? Also, they need to get rid of the center position one on each team. They should just put three forwards and three guards, and obviously put the centers with guards. Mm-hmm. It just that makes more sense to me. Um, let's see here. Yeah, there's a few. Honestly. Don't see why, like, Russell Westbrook would at least make third team over, like, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I get their team was not as good record-wise. But, you know, dude averaged a triple-double for the fourth time in his career. That's, you know, that's pretty shit not to be on that team. Um, and Jim, then Jimmy Butler and Paul George, they both miss a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make an argument for Devin Booker or Jason Tatum, who had a really good year as well. Um, it's kind of – it's kind of hard when you get to those forwards who are all kind of put up the same numbers, team mm-hmm. record is about the same too. Um, yeah, you could say Devin Booker and Jason Tatum were snubbed. But at the end of the day, Paul George did have a really fantastic regular season, in my opinion, compared to last year. He stepped mm-hmm. it up. And then Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler kind of does the same thing year in and year out. So um, it's always that third team that people get really irritated about. But there's, there's a lot of deserving guys. You could – name even three or four more guys on there that could potentially be there too. And I, I just want to state a quick fact, and this might be a statistic, you know, ESPN might do this, I don't know. Um, Chris Paul, a season ago, was uh, All-NBA second team with Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's again All-NBA second team with the Phoenix Suns. Just again, shows you how great CP3 is, um, you know, no matter what team he is. I really think they should make some kind of TV show where – he has to travel to below average or average NBA teams and try to, you know, make that team a playoff team. Cause I honestly think he could do it at this point, almost on any team in the NBA besides the Kings, besides the Kings. I don't think he'd do it with the Kings. I don't know. Pistons would be pretty hard too. <laughs> Pistons would be hard too. Okay. There, there's like a handful of teams. I don't, but I said, I said barely below average to average, you know, the thunder weren't that bad when CP three came. Um, uh, they were kind of bad. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, so that, that's all the NBA teams, you know, third team is kind of where it gets iffy, but I mean, I think they're, I think this list is pretty good. I do agree with Jacob saying, you know, I think you still need to have the center position, but I think you need to be, be able to list it as a center slash forward position because there's guys like, you know, Anthony Davis, who last year was listed as a center, but he's technically a forward. So it, it, it's kind of weird, but, you know, that's the way the NBA is nowadays where, you know, it's basically positionless. Um, and I think you have guards, forwards, and and you have a handful of centers in, centers in the NBA. And that's another reason why Rudy Gobert kind of gets pushed in there. It's 
because there's not that many actual true centers. And if they do, they kind of suck. At least Rudy Gobert is, you know, dominant on one end of the floor, um, whereas a lot of them are just average on both ends. So um, but that's the all NBA team. Um, and then let's go ahead and look at the all NBA rookie team and also shout out to LaMelo Ball. He officially won rookie of the year. Um, I think if Anthony Edwards would have stolen it from him, that would have been a that would have been one of the worst crimes ever. Um, just because Lamella was out for you know a handful of the, handful of the games this year, he was still and hands down way better. I mean, he had he almost led in every category as a rookie, and he led his team to the playing. Whereas Anthony Edwards, you know, just scored the ball, and their team wasn't even close to being in the play. And I understand they're in the West; it's a lot tougher. But Lamella is definitely the better rookie. But the first team all rookie NBA, we got Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Hattenberg, um, Shattuck Bay, I think is how you say his name. Um, should should what? Sadiq. Sadiq. Hey, I'm terrible with pronunciations. Everyone knows that. Um, and then you got Jay Sean Tate, who's kind of the surprise here for the all rookie first team. Um, and then on the all rookie second team, you've got Emmanuel Quickly, Desmond Bain, Isaiah Stewart, Isaac Okikri. That guy from Cleveland, again, don't know how to say his damn name. Uh, and then Patrick Williams, um, your thoughts on the all-rookie teams, both of them? Yeah, I think both of them, um, every player is deserving of an all-rookie spot. I think the first team had the correct five players on there. Mm-hmm. Jason State had a very underrated year for, you know, the worst team in the league. Uh, you're not going to be talked about a lot when you have James Harden rumors leading and getting traded and he's stepping up when he goes away. But he had a good year. Um, he's something to look forward to in the future because no one really knew about him going into this um, rookie season like kind of these other guys we kind of knew about, had an idea. But mm-hmm. I honestly had no idea what he would do or bring. Honestly, didn't even know the name until a couple of um, you know months into the season. Mm-hmm. And then um, the only, per- only other name that you know could throw out there that didn't make one is Cole Anthony, who had a pretty good year too mm-hmm. uh, for the Orlando Magic. I know he missed a handful of games, but – Dude is pretty good. He has a bucket and, you know, kind of helped their team win a game here and there. Yeah, I mean, I think Emmanuel quickly, I think halfway through the year, he would have been a first-team all-rookie. And then the second half of the year um, is why he's why he's an all-rookie all second team. Um, just looking at this, the total votes, Jay Sean had 154 total votes, whereas Emmanuel had 148. So they were neck and neck. Um, and I think Jay Sean – he his hand was helped that he played on a terrible team. And so his statistics were probably just a little bit better. Emmanuel, they traded for Derrick Rose halfway through the year. And I think ever since that, it kind of hurt him. But yeah, I think the top four definitely are deserving. Jay Sean just gets a little extra push because he played for a terrible team. You know, a guy like Isaiah Stewart is another one that we weren't thinking about, talking about at the beginning of the year, even halfway through the year. And then he kind of exploded for Detroit at the midpoint of the year. Um, Patrick Williams is the guy I want to talk about and the guy from Cleveland, Isaiah, or Isaiah, excuse me. Um, they, first of all, they were both drafted very high. Um, and especially Patrick Williams, a lot of people laughed at that pick because he was the sixth man at Florida state and got drafted fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are like, what the heck? They both had good years. Um, not, they didn't blow you off the stat sheet, but they both had good years at least. Um, and then, yeah, Cole Anthony's in a guy that I think is that I got snubbed on this list. He had 40 total points, whereas Patrick had 50. Another guy that got a lot of votes was a uh, Composo from, from uh, Denver, like the 27 year old yeah. dude from, I don't even know where, but Europe got 42 votes. So um, 
again, a good rookie class. Um, it's not as deep, I feel like, as most rookie classes are, but I think you're, you're going to have guys that are going to be in the league for a while. Um, guys like Tyrese Maxey, who unfortunately didn't get to play that much, but had one game where he went off for 40 points because of COVID, and the, other, and the Sixers had like seven guys. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like K.J. Martin Jr. Um, had a great year with, uh, with Houston, you know, kind of falling after his dad. So a good rookie class, but not the best. So I think, I think this next year's class is going to be way better than this year's class, but you know, only time will tell. Cause we had guys like Obi Toppin who, where, where did he go? I mean, <laughs> he yeah. barely played for New York. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was also hurt for a good, like two and a half months of the season too. Mm, gotcha, so, gotcha. He didn't get much playing time getting back into the rotation. Well, it doesn't help too that you got a guy like Randall who's basically plays the entire game. In the exact same position. Yeah. And they're they're basically the same player, just Obi's a little bit more athletic, I feel like, like at least vertically. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the all NBA team. That's all that's the all um that's the all NBA rookie team and the all NBA team. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor anchor.fm. When we come back, Jacob and I are gonna break down the Eastern Conference Finals as well as the Western Conference Finals and then give our predictions for the final four and who we think is gonna end up being the champion at the end of the season we'll see you guys after the break and welcome back as i just mentioned we're gonna go ahead and look at the conference finals now um we're officially in it and actually as this recording game one for the western conference finals has already been played the suns won that one and tonight we've got the game two of the clippers versus Suns. so that one's officially started but before we dive into that one in the eastern conference finals we're going to take a quick look at the end of the milwaukee um Milwaukee Brooklyn series and the Atlanta um, Philly series. Uh, what a, what a finish! Game seven uh, for for both, but really for Milwaukee Brooklyn was phenomenal. Like that game was great. Um, KD for the last two games has put the team on his back and really tried to win it, and he almost did. Uh, I mean, he hit that he hit that game shot or he hit that game tying shot, and apparently he blamed. He thought he won it. He thought it was a three pointer, but his big ass feet. Um, made it a two-pointer so um, you know Milwaukee moves on but what was your what, what was your reaction to game seven of that series? Man that was crazy I, remember I was at a bar with my friends watching that game and we hit that shot we all thought they won and everyone's just like yelling like just because of how crazy that shot was and how difficult a shot was only a guy like Kim could really make that or mm-hmm. a few others um, then we see the replay they're like oh damn it's only two then we're like overtime you know, I thought that Brooklyn had the momentum after that shot was going to win, but uh, Milwaukee, you know, came out and was like, no, we're just going to cut the momentum off and, you know, let's seal this deal. Let's not let these big three get a championship. Let's do what we've tried to do for the last three or four years mm-hmm. and get where it needs to be. So I thought it was pretty cool that Brooklyn overcame all that momentum, that craziness, and, you know, pulled it out because I feel like the life would have been sucked out of me to try to win in overtime after that big shot. Yeah, and, you know, uh, personally as, as an aspiring coach that was a terrible shot by Kevin Durant but you know it's Kevin Durant as you mentioned you know he he's the only one that probably could have made that shot um but then for him to try it again in overtime I just was like and then for him to airball it I was just like you know I mean at that point you knew he was tired um I think I think from about three minutes left in the in the fourth quarter till the end of overtime the offense ran through Kevin Durant um, and honestly, maybe maybe even further ahead uh, of the three-minute mark. But for for a while, the offense of Brooklyn was running through KD. They were really only running Blake Griffin to go screen. And then everyone else was just kind of standing to the side watching KD go to work. So 
all the pressure was on KD and that is exhausting. Um, and so I kind of understand like why he shot that shot. But I mean, if, if I was a coach, like you got, you got to do something different. I understand James Harden is not a hundred percent, but you got to get the, give him the ball for a little bit or get, get KD off the ball. So go set a down screen for him or go set some kind of screen and get him the ball. But at the same time, you yeah. want your best player to have the ball. Sure. Before we hop into this other series, that does actually make me low key really mad. You brought up James Harden and him not being 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious then. He just said that he's committed to the Olympics this summer for Tokyo. Like, I, I mean, I know that's like, a, it's not too far down the road, but mm-hmm. hey, one, don't go hurt yourself more. Two, are you just being a bitch and not playing very hard? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And I just don't understand that at all. But, you know, it just throws me for Luke. Acts like he wasn't really that hurt if he wants mm-hmm. to go play for uh, the USA team. Yeah, I mean, that, that is true. You know, why would you not want to go win an NBA championship? Which, honestly, I think a lot of people, um, no one cares about the Olympic gold, medal, gold medals. Um, you know, LeBron's won a handful. Kobe's won a handful. You know, obviously a lot of great people have won medals, but um, when we compare GOAT statuses and, and stuff like that, we n- never talk about Olympic gold medals. We always talk about NBA finals. Um, and so James Harden, for him not to, for him either to, you know, not be 100% and play or to be 100% and then not care. Yeah, a golf cart t- honking in my apartment complex, going crazy. Uh, but for for James Harden not to care and, 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 and whatnot, I, Definitely, definitely is kind of not like, like, hey, dude, go go win an NBA championship. You've got the team to do it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, if he does play, hopefully he doesn't get hurt more. But kind of in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, dude, like you deserve to be hurt longer. Um, but then we go into Atlanta, Phoenix, or Philly, excuse me. Um, again, what a great series. We both were just talking about how we did not think this was going to go to seven. You know, we were thinking maybe five, six games, depending on Embiid's health. Um, but Atlanta really showed grit. And honestly, in this entire series, you take a look back, they won in every way possible. You know, they blew out um, Philly, I believe, in one game, or, you know, they shot the ball really well. They played great defense in this final game. Um, Embiid had, was averaging 40 points the first two games, and then they dropped him down to 27 um, for the final uh, rest of the series. So Atlanta, honestly, you know, they're, they're very surprising. I don't think they can make it to the finals, but I've said that two times now. and they're still here. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they, what was your reaction to game seven, Atlanta versus Philly? Yeah. I mean, shoot. Um, that's the thing about being one of the underdogs. You have no pressure um, to play as hard as you want and do anything you want essentially on the court. And man, Atlanta has just taken every game by storm. They had two comebacks of over 20 point deficits in games, I think four and five. Um, man, like you said, they have won every way possible. And it's time yeah, we've said Sherry's a star. He's a superstar, man. He's led this team. Um, and shout out to their front office, too. Um, you know, we always talk about the Luca Trey Young trade and how great it's been for both teams. But their front office has done a wonderful job putting good pieces around Trey Young for him to be successful and him be himself and then him and his other teammates um, do what their roles are and what they're supposed to be. Um, you know, Bogdanovich has been playing great. He went hurt for a little bit. Kevin Hoyter. When Capella st- stepped up, played big minutes. But man, Kevin Hoyter in game seven, he was the difference maker. And um, I don't know if you saw his uh, thing today where his new nickname he's, he is now called Red Velvet. That's his new nickname that he wants to go by. 
So he played great, man. I'm excited to see this uh, Eastern Conference Finals. What the heck, Red Velvet? That's such a weird name, but hey, I mean, if it sticks, it sticks. It's a very funny video I saw today on Bleacher Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have to go look it up after after we get off. Um, now, and I will say again, you know, Trey Young is a, a star of this team. He he makes the team go, and he played terrible in Game Seven. I think he shot like what three for twenty from the field or some shit like that. Three, yeah, it was very bad. Um, but they were still able to win because of the supporting cast around him, you know. And I think Kevin Kevin was the kind of leading drive and whatnot. So. Um, it's very excited to see this Hawks team for the future. Um, and, and a part of me would love to see Hawks versus Phoenix in the finals. I think that would just be phenomenal. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, something else I want to talk about with this um, series uh, is Doc Rivers' interview. Um, after the game, he was asked, do you think you can do you think Ben Simmons uh, can be the point guard of a championship team or something along those lines? <laughs> and Doc Rivers said, I don't know. <laughs> so, Jago, let me let me let me poise you this question. Do you think Ben Simmons can lead a team to the NBA championship? Oh, he cannot lead a team. He could be the <laughs> point guard on the, or actually he can't even be the point guard team. He could be like, um, I don't know who said this. Well, it might have been Shaq or mm-hmm. um, Charles Barkley, maybe. Play him like a kind of like a point forward, but don't make him the actual point guard of your team. Make mm-hmm. him like Sabonis, you know, let it go the, through the high post, run the offense through there, let him dive to the basket, shoot around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he can't lead as a point guard of a team, no. And he's he's out of Philly. There's no way he stays there after this. Not a chance. He's gone. He's going to get traded. I mean, if Doc Rivers is the head coach, I think he will. Um, and I, you know, obviously after saying that, I don't think Doc Rivers wanted him to stay. So. Um, it'll be interesting for sure to see kind of what happens to this Philly roster. Um, I think, in, in, you know, I think they're going to want to build around Embiid. Embiid obviously had the better series. He had the better stats all year long. I mean, Ben Simmons, I think in the last four, the last three games, I think he shot like four shots, five shots, and then four shots total, like each game. Like that's for your second best player. And I put that in quotes because I think Tobias is actually their second best. But for Ben Simmons to be your quote unquote second best player um for him to only shoot like less than 15 shots in the last three games like that's pretty bad so um you know and Ben Simmons is a great player he's a great talented guy but he just he just can't score the ball um from the shoot from when with shooting and that's what the NBA is nowadays so I also saw a report where um I think it was Stephen A talking about like where he gets kind of baby doesn't work hard during the off season too Mm -hmm. so I'm sure um, you know, as a professional and as a good basketball player already, I'm sure he'll have to, you know, wait, wake his ass up and go get in the gym and go, you know, work on his game if he right. really wants to be in this league for a long time and make the money like all these big guys do. So, well, and, and reports are, you know, you talk about James Harden for the Olympics, reports are Ben Simmons is not playing in the Olympics this year. He's officially decided to sit out to fo- solely focus on his game. Now, which game that is, I don't know, because he is a big gamer. Um, apparently, he, he's with FaZe Clan or whatever. Um, also, shout out to the clip of him talking about talking, asking, I don't know who it was, but some player to hop on and play some games for a while. And the guy's like, nah, I got a game tomorrow. He's like, who you got? He's like, the Hawks. He's like, you got time. You got time. And then for him to lose in game seven against the Hawks, you know, um, mm-hmm. hey, it's just a, Car- Karma's a bitch. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then something else I wanted to ask, I just forgot um, about Trey Young. I asked Gage this question the other day, and I pose you the same question, Jacob. W- would you 
trade, I guess, would you flip the trade back over or would you undo the trade if you knew that the Mavs would get to the Western Conference Finals in the same amount of years? So hypothetically speaking, the Mavs would would have gotten to the Western Conference Finals this year if you had Trey Young on your team instead of Luka. Or are you sticking with Luka for the long run? Um, I think I'd stick with Luka for the long run. I just think um, his career length and the way he's able to play and pass and his size, I think he might have a – I think he probably will. I'm not saying this badly about Trey Young or anything. I think he just has a better chance of having a longer – a more successful career at that prime of a level. So I think there's, you know, the Mavericks that make it past the first round this year. I think there's going to be more opportunities for the Mavericks down the road compared to Trey Young and the Hawks at this moment. But who knows? You know, Trey Young, you know, can kind of be like Steph and make it work for years and years and years. But we'll see. I would, I would say no. If that happened one more year, I'd maybe say yes, but not this time. Gotcha. Yeah, and the only why I posed that question is obviously they were flipped. Um, mm-hmm. and you know. It is very tough to make it to the Western Conference Finals. As math fans have known, they've what done it only, I think, like three years, maybe more um, in the last like 15 years. So um, or less, maybe less, too. Um, but you have to you have to be able to, you know, it's tough to get there. And the Hawks are you're there. So um, before the Mavs are in that trade. So I guess I guess as of today, you could say the Hawks officially have won that trade as of today uh, on just overall team success, individual success. Luke is definitely the better player. He's got more statistics. He's got all NBA votes and everything like that, but on overall team success, the Hawks have won that trade. So yeah, I agree. let's go ahead and look at the conference finals to start out in West. Cause the games have already started um, on Sunday, the Clippers and Suns played, and the Suns won 120 to 114. So it's a very good game, but both teams are without their, without two of their best players. Um, the Clippers are still without Kawhi due to his knee, and Chris Paul is still out with uh, COVID, and that does not change for tonight's game on Tuesday. Uh, they'll both be out again, but Devin Booker is he, he's phenomenal. I mean, people are calling him the next Kobe Bryant. Um, I think he was already drawing comparisons to him, you know, before everything happened with Kobe, uh, before his passing and whatnot. And now that he's, you know, he's gone, I think everyone's looking at Devin as the next, you know, Mamba. And uh, I'm okay with it, you know. <laughs> he's he's very good. Yeah, if anyone was able to take those reins in today's league and with that name, Mamba, I mm-hmm. would only okay with one person and that being Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done an incredible job and you know, what a run they've had so far in their his first playoff appearance with the Suns. So I'm loving this Suns team right now. Um, you know, st- I still hope they keep going and pushing. Yeah, and, and I think if you would have gone back a year ago in the bubble, you know, sun, the Suns were told the only way you get in is if you win all eight games. They go out and win all eight games. If you would have told them a year later, you'll be in the conference finals, um, but you had to miss this playoffs, I think they would have been okay with that. Um, but it's not – it is not just Devin Booker's playing great. He had a triple-double. You know, he he's kind of the main guy. Even when CP3 does play, Devin Booker's their main scorer. CP3 is their main facilitator. But this whole team is just gelling well. Like, they're a well-put-together team. We talked about James Jones earlier. Um, but, you know, Aiden's finally coming into his own, and he's looking like a number-one overall pick now. Um, Jay Crowder and Bridges are playing great on the wing, both as defenders and as as a kind of the three and D guys, what you call it. I'm I'm worried if I'm the Clippers. The Suns have a real shot at making the finals this year, especially if Kawhi is hurt. Yeah, if Kawhi's out, um, I mean, yeah, Chris Paul's still out. Um, 
I think, I don't know. I think the Suns at this point will take the series if Chris Paul and Kawhi continue to stay out. Mm-hmm. Or Kawhi comes back for Chris Paul. I think Clippers may have a chance. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and give the nod to the Suns just because I personally want to see it. I mm-hmm. personally think, you know, all their collective group as a team, they're playing better. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder have just been playing fun phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to take the Suns in six, if I would have to say, and take my guess and my pick for this series. And if and, and is that off of both CP3 and Kawhi being out for the entire series or? Yes, yeah, so if they're both out for the entire series, I'll take the Suns in six. And, and yeah, I think, it, I think the big issue for the Clippers is Paul George doesn't want to play defense like he used to anymore. He just wants to score the ball. That's a reputation thing. Just exactly. Like before. Even with Kawhi a little bit, but Paul George's defense is all based off his old reputation. Exactly. Kawhi, Kawhi, you know, when he guarded Luka in, in game six and game seven, proved his worth. You know, he proved he's still that great defender. He just doesn't want to do it every single night like he used to back in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they don't have a guy to stop Devin Booker. Whereas, you know, on the Phoenix side, they have Mikel, Jay Crowder, um, even even like guys like Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, guys who are willing to play defense. So they're able to defender either he's okay yeah exactly yeah you know and so for me it's like you know Nicholas Batoon is is their best on-ball defender really you know I'm not giving that to Pat Beverly anymore he doesn't deserve it Rondo is still a pretty good defender but he's not what it used to be either so the Clippers don't have anyone to stop Devin Booker um, and that's scary so for me it's like it, it's, it's tough to pick this Clippers team if they don't get Kawhi if they get Kawhi before CP3 comes back which there's a chance that might happen um, but I also think CP3 is a better shot of coming back first. You know, he's just dealing with COVID protocols. He's mm-hmm. already been out for almost a week now. Yeah. Um, and so he's probably only got like three to three to seven days left before he can come back. And, you know, they might be in game three, game four at that time. And the Suns already might have three games up or two games up. So uh, whereas Kawhi is a, is a physical injury. And I think he's he's a lot worse than what we're being told. Yeah. Um, and that's why he hasn't been able to come back yet. I think if it was, you know, if it wasn't that bad, he would have already been back. So mm-hmm. for me, I think the Suns can honestly win this in five um, because just because I think, you know, Clippers can't play defense, they can score the ball. I think they'll still a game, maybe two with the ability to score the ball better than Phoenix, but Phoenix is a really good team and they play good defense. They play great offense. So um, I, I'm, I'm riding with the Phoenix Suns and I, I'd love to see, um, you know, the NBA championship in Phoenix. I know the NBA would hate it because, you know, Phoenix is a small market team, but and and the moment once Philly lost, uh, once Brooklyn lost, the NBA lost millions of dollars because they're now their best player is left in the playoffs is Giannis maybe Kawhi, but Kawhi's hurt right now. Giannis is their best player left and he's in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So, and, and they really want the Lakers, not the Lakers, the Clippers to get it just so they have a big market team like LA in the finals. But you know, like we just said, the way the Phoenix is playing, I don't see that happening. Um, so then you jump over to the other one, you know, Atlanta and and Milwaukee, two small market teams. So the NBA is going to lose millions of dollars. This is terrible for their marketing. But for you and I, for for more than just the average fans, I think we're enjoying this. You know, it's a little bit different. I think all four teams are playing really good basketball. So uh, I'm enjoying the games. But uh, the Atlanta Bucks series, your thoughts on how this one's going to go, because it hasn't officially started yet. Yeah, um, do they play today or tomorrow? They play Wednesday. Their first game is on Wednesday. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this series. Um, I think 
Um, man, I, I, I hate saying this now because Atlanta's proved me wrong series after series. Um, I picked, I think, New York to win the first series. I picked Philly to win the last series. And I'm going to pick Milwaukee to win this series, too. But um, I think this is the team where they run into the most defensive trouble um, to give Trey Young with P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, all these different long wings they can throw at him to make other guys beat him. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Hawks' other guys can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you need Trey Young, other than their game seven, um, you think you needed to have him score 30, 35 points tonight for them to win and be in the series. But at the same time, they've done it the last two series. They've proven that other guys have stepped up and can make big shots and uh, play big minutes and score the ball. But um, I think this is really Giannis's time to get all the way out of the East and make the finals. And I don't think he wants to lose again. He signed a Supermax extension, the largest contract in NBA history. He might re- he'll definitely regret that decision if he doesn't get out of the East this year. Um, so I'm really hoping, um, not hoping, I guess I'm going to pick the uh, Bucks twin um, in six as well. Um, I don't think the Hawks can quite do it this time. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think Atlanta's big issue now um, is going to be more so their defense than their offense. I think offensively they've proved they can win. You know, defensively in game seven, they played really great. So, um, you know, I, I think they can do it on defense. I just think Drew Holiday, you know, he hasn't played as great as he was when he was with New Orleans, but he's still a good on-ball, um, you know, guy with the ball in his hands. He can still drive and attack. Chris Middleton is proving that he is, you know, a, a really good closer in the league. And, you know, he 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 closed the game against Brooklyn. So you've got guys like him. And then I think they they've got – you know, good enough shooters around him. And I think if Giannis can put together a performance like he did in game seven, even if he can have half that performance or, you know, three fourths of that performance, um, I just think they're a little bit too dominant for, for uh, the Hawks. And I think honestly, the Hawks have been, you know, I think they were a little bit better than the New York Knicks. I just think the Knicks had more momentum. You know, I don't think the Sixers were that much better than Atlanta when it came to on paper. I just think it was Joel Embiid versus versus the Hawks and once they figured out Joel Embiid um, the Hawks were able to beat him and and the Sixers and then now the Bucks is going to be the most talented team they face so far in this playoffs and so um, it'll be a true test and you know I think game one and game two will probably go to Milwaukee especially at home but you know game three is that real pivotal point for me if if the Hawks can win game three I think they can push this one to six maybe even seven um, but I definitely see Milwaukee winning this series no matter what. I'm going to go ahead and just take them in six games. So um, we both have Suns versus Bucks in the in the finals. Um, but before we get to that real fast, I forgot to mention this. Huge shout out to Terrence, man. You know, in game six, he had like 39 points. Um, but if you heard the story about his draft combine, it was, it was awesome. He just got done working out with like a G League combine um, and was on a flight back to his home. His phone was on one percent apparently, and the NBA called them, and they were like, "What are you doing? Like, where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm going back home, about to get on my flight." They're like, "No, come back. You're you're invited to the NBA scouting combine." And he and then like I guess right after he hung up, his phone died. Is that story 100 percent true? You know, we'll never know, but we'll give him the credit. He, you know, that story's true. So he that that's the reason why he got his combine invite, and um, you know, he's able to make it to the league. And then his favorite player was Rondo. Rondo got traded to the Clippers this year. So it, it's just a cool story. 
Um, so shout out to Terrence Mann and, and a great performance for him. And he's had a, he's had a great playoff so far this year. So hopefully that continues for him. Um, but um, so now we're in the finals, Suns versus Bucks for both of us. Um, who would have thought who would have thought this final four would have been the final four? Um, and then for the Suns Bucks to be the final, um, I, I'll give you the table first. If this is if this is the NBA finals, who would you take the Suns or the Bucks? Um, and CP3 was CP3 would be playing at this point. Yeah, if fully CP3 is healthy, um, I think um, just the way and chemistry the Suns have been playing from day one this year, and it's only grown and gotten better every day. Um, their coaching staff is always putting them in the right positions. And um, I would like, with that being said, I think they'd be able to take advantage and, you know, make Giannis beat him from the outside, foul him a lot, make him shoot a lot of free throws. And I don't know if Giannis would be ready for that to be able to overcome, hit those big enough shots. So I would take Phoenix if they play the Bucks in the finals. Yeah. And, I, and personally, not even as basketball-wise, as a fan, I really want Chris Paul to get a ring. So I don't also want to take Phoenix as a, you know, fan, not talking about basketball. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think everyone wants Chris Paul to get a ring. I think this might be his best shot. Um, you know, I think they're, I think they're going to beat Clippers and the Bucks are beatable as they've proved in many of years and I guess the last two years with Giannis. So um, this is definitely his best shot to do that. And I think even if they played the Hawks, which I, I personally want to see a Hawks Suns finals. I just think it'd be, Wanted to be kind of a big fu to the NBA because again they don't have any big market players in the league, um, and, and really uh, just as we kind of talked, um, if it was the Suns versus the Hawks in the finals, you know I think the big mantra I think what the NBA should display is the future is now. You know if they haven't already because we've got a guy like Devin Booker and Trey Young as the two stars of their team playing in the NBA finals, um, whereas. You know, you don't have these, you don't have, you know, the top 10 players in the league. You know, those two guys aren't top 10 players in the league right now. They will be at some point, but, you know, they're on the rise. They're probably top 20 guys, but um, still like it, for, for me, I think that would just kind of be the, what the NBA is now too. You know, you've got guys who shoot a bunch of threes and, and Devin Booker and Trey Young and both teams like to shoot the three ball, whereas the Bucks and Clippers are a little bit more, I guess, traditional, if you want to call it that, where they like to shoot more mid-range and attack the basket. Um, and so I think, with the Suns and, and, and Hawks, you get that. But if it's Suns, Bucks, uh, I, I really hope that one – I think that one would go to six. Um, and it's really hard to pick against the Bucks, And it's just because I think both teams match up so well with each other. Um, and I just – I don't know who to give the edge to. And the only reason why I got to give it to the Bucks is just because they have a guy like Giannis. You know, I Drake Crowder is a great defender. Mikhail Bridges is a great defender as well. But – um, and I know Giannis has, has been stopped in the past, but I think it would be very hard for them to stop him consistently for, for a whole series. So I would go Bucks in six. I, I, as much as I don't want to do that either, I really want to give it to the Suns. Um, I just think Milwaukee has an edge, and they do technically have playoff more playoff experience than the Suns, but at this point, it don't matter. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but I, I would go Bucks in six, but I think, I think it would be a very interesting series to see you know, any of these four teams, any of these four matchups, I think they would be great series. I really don't want to see the Clippers in the finals, though. Um, I think the Suns deserve to be there, and I think either team out west or out east, excuse me, deserves to be there as well. Agreed. So, um, but that's our playoff prediction. 
you know, so far me and Jacob are probably terrible. We've been very bad in our playoff prediction. I think if you go back to our uh, YouTube video that we made, um, we are like 100% wrong because I think we both had like the Lakers going to the finals and, um, you know, like the Jazz making a deep run. I think I had the Clippers in the Western Conference finals. I believe I yeah. did. Um, but we both had like the Nets. I think you had the Sixers in the finals. I had the Nets in the finals. So we're we're very bad. So maybe don't listen to us if you're betting or anything like that. But um, those are our playoff predictions. That's our episode for today. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Um, you know, next week, hopefully, uh, you know, right now I'm looking at the schedule. Next week, when we record on Tuesday, game five will just have been played the night before for the Clippers and Suns. So we'll know a lot more about that series. And then game four will be, be will be played on Tuesday night. So again, we'll know that we'll know a good deal about that. So, um, you know, the NBA story will be written a little bit more by next week. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for sticking around. You guys have a great weekend. Peace. If you guys enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more of our episodes, we drop episodes every Thursday for you guys talking about NBA stuff that's going on, college basketball, whenever it's in season and all things basketball on this podcast. Um, so if you guys want to listen to more of our stuff, we drop them every Thursday. Like I said, you guys can listen on Apple, Spotify. It looks up at five out on those platforms. If you would like to watch the episodes as well as listen to them, you guys, we are on YouTube as well. We are under sideline sports for the channel name, but it is the five out content. So again, you can see all our episodes. They drop every Thursday, the same exact time. So be sure to check those out as well on uh, YouTube. Make sure you guys are following or subscribe to either the Spotify account, the Apple or the YouTube or anywhere else you guys listen or watch the podcast. It is 100% free for you guys to do. So you might as well do it. It just helps us out. So thank you guys so much if you guys are already subscribed and if you guys want to look us up on Twitter, it looks up at five underscore out. We post weekly stuff there as well. A little bit more interactive with you guys on that platform. So be sure to follow us there as well. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sideline Sports. Um, again, you'll be able to see very similar content that you see on Twitter. Um, but it is also inclusive of our football podcast as well. So be sure to check that out. That is it for us today. The NBA playoffs are almost wrapping up. The draft is right around the corner. So is free agency. We are super excited here and we hope to see you guys next week. Have a good weekend.
when you're fast asleep. You stay on the phone just to hear me breathe. 